Scripture reading this morning is going to come from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Christ also forgiven you. Beloved, it's wonderful to see all of you this morning out here. I know a lot of you braved the inclement weather, as we would say, to get here. A lot of your driveway was pretty wet. I barely got out of mine. Um, but anyway, it's good to see everybody that's here, and it's good to, in my mind's eye, see all of you that's joining us um, this morning. I don't want to use that mind's eye some too much because some of you don't look real good. But anyway, uh, we're glad that you're here. And whether it's by video or here in person, we're grateful for that and appreciate it so very, very much. Um, brethren, if you tuned in this morning um, to our uh, Bible class um, that I taught in Chadstead today, we talked about um, forgiveness and, and looked at an actual uh, thing that went on from the Christian Chronicle about forgiving some very, very... Uh, it's very hard to do, and so we're going to talk about that day. I thought, you know what, this isn't something we just need to deal with in one class. And, and so for those of you that did join us in class, this is going to be kind of a continuation about the healing power of forgiveness is what I want to talk to today. Um, and our, our text this morning as we begin um, is going to be in Matthew 6, uh, beginning of verse 12. This is the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus preaching, of course, and this is part of what we call the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to read uh, through verse 15, okay? Um, and uh, he says in verse 12, Forgive us our debts, and, and as we have also forgiven our debtors, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, brethren, we're going to talk about this, but notice why, how he says to forgive us our debts. We're to pray that God is, that we're, that, that God is to f please forgive us of our debts as we forgive the transgressions and debts of others. And he goes on to say, for if you forgive the others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Listen to this carefully now, brethren, because this is from the lips of Jesus. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. And brethren, we know what it's like. We know what the Bible teaches very plainly about to stand before God on the day of judgment, having our sins being unforgiven. Uh, there's a great need in this world for forgiveness. We know that. We can see that, brothers and sisters. Uh, we live in a fallen, sinful world, and people need to be forgiven, and people need to be forgiving. We need both of those, brothers and sisters. I need to be forgiving. You need to be forgiving of others. We need all need to be forgiven. We all need forgiveness, especially from God. But there's so much heartache and pain and disaster that comes because people are not forgiving or they don't feel forgiven themselves and then on the other hand brethren there's so much healing as we saw this morning in one case that comes through both forgiving and being forgiven god wants us to be both though brothers and sisters god wants us if you're in christ to understand that you've been forgiven of your sin and then he wants us to be like him brethren i don't know that we're ever more christ-like than when we can forgive those who don't deserve our forgiveness but a grudge healing, a grudge holding, I should say, unforgiving spirit will, uh, will just absolutely ruin your life and take energy out of you. It'll just do it. It causes misery. It causes physical ailments. It causes heartache that's been proven. 
It's like a wound, brothers and sisters, that you continually pick at and you refuse to let it heal, and it's going to fester, and it's just going to get worse. Wrong emotions can punish us just as much as physical damage, and you all probably know that. In fact, uh, the, the wrong kind of emotions and, and, and grudge holding and bitterness, as the Bible calls it, leads to both physical as well as mental harm. We understand that, brothers and sisters. It's probably been there at one time or the other in our life. And so we know that unforgiveness destroys optimism and joy. It pretty much takes out your whole life. If, if you're not a forgiver, you can't be optimistic. You can't look to the future with any kind of hope. You can't hope for any kind of peace in your life because you're just going to dwell on that thing that is causing you to be unforgiving and it's going to literally, like a cancer, eat you up from the inside out. Do you really want to waste your life with a downcast, negative, hateful, unforgiving attitude? Beloved, what does it profit to do that? You say, well, it makes me feel better. No, it doesn't. Not really, it doesn't. It makes you miserable. And our text says, according to Jesus Christ, here's how serious this is, brethren, that it's going to be having an unforgiving spirit, according to Jesus, can cause us to miss heaven for an eternity. I don't care what any, I, I shouldn't say it that way. I don't mean it. I don't mean I don't care what somebody's done for you. I'm, I'm saying in contrast, beloved, what somebody has done for you, as despicable and evil and horrible as it can be, and as we discussed a few minutes ago, brethren, we live in a fallen world, and there's no depth to how bad somebody can hurt somebody. I understand that. But whatever it is, is it worth spending eternity in hell over? We talk about what is essential to salvation, don't we? We, we talk about that. We say, brethren, in the church of Christ, we say there are certain things that are essential to salvation and that are, neither, that are non-negotiable, and that is repentance and confession and baptism and living a faithful life to the Lord, and all that's true, brothers and sisters. But here, very, very clearly, is also one of these essentials. What did he say in verse 14 and 15? You remember that? If you will forgive, Jesus said, others you're, the, the, who transgress against you, I'll forgive you. And if you don't, if you don't forgive those others, I won't forgive you. Beloved, that's plain. That's clear. From Jesus, that's true. I'm begging you, don't you go to hell for anybody. Don't, don't allow them to ruin your life on this earth for the time being and then go to hell for them. And you say at this point, I know people have because people have said to me, but Brother Green, you don't understand, so-and-so did me so wrong. I mean, they, they treated me inhuman. In fact, sometimes they continue to do so. They won't drop it. They won't leave it alone. Every time I see them, they just pour salt into the rooms. And that's true, brothers and sisters, and it's tragic because sinful humans can do great evil and harm to others while here on this earth. That's true, brethren. We don't sugarcoat that one bit. But don't you dare allow them to cause you to spend an eternity in hell also. Well, and I know a guy, and I begged him to do otherwise, and he wouldn't do it, but he got mad at his sister many years ago because she received from their parents the major part of the inheritance, and over money and material thing, he got mad at her and her parents, so he left the Lord and his church and was, and was so bitter and on his road to hell over some temporary thing. 
It doesn't make sense. No matter what someone has done to you, that would allow them to be the ultimate wrong. As despicable as they may have treated you in this life, to allow them to cause you to lose your eternity in heaven would be the worst of all crimes. So we need to learn, brothers and sisters, the healing power of forgiveness. Y'all remember that song, and, and this is the way we humans like to feel somebody. How many of y'all uh, know who B.J. Thomas is? Y'all know who B.J. Okay, the rest of you should repent. He's a, he's a wonderful singer. But uh, back in my day, when you could understand the words, and it wasn't every other word a cuss word, you know, and uh, have y'all ever heard one of his songs called Another Somebody Done Me Wrong Song? You ever heard that? I ought to get Chuck up here to sing it. Um, he, he looks a lot like B.J., right? Um, but uh, this is what he says, and, and it's lonely out to nine, and the feeling just got right for a brand new love song, a somebody done somebody wrong song. Brethren, isn't that like our lament? Isn't that the way we humans are? That's the way we want to feel. And then he goes on, I'm not going to sing it because it'd run you off. Hey, won't you play another somebody done somebody wrong song and make me feel at home while I miss my baby, while I miss my baby. So please Play for me a sad melody, so sad that it makes everyone cry. I, I, I. A real hurting song about a love that's gone wrong because I don't want to cry all alone. Brethren, we like that kind of pity party sometimes, don't we? I mean, that's human nature. Probably why that song went to number one, you know? We can relate. Yeah, man, somebody done me wrong, and I want a world to know about it, you see? Well, brothers and sisters, there are times we can all relate. But many people get stuck there. They stay there. Did somebody get the job you were supposed to get that you just knew you were the next in line for? Have you ever felt the pain of someone gossiping, lying about you, spreading falsehoods all over the place about you? Has anyone ever taken advantage of you? use you for their own selfish purposes and then kick you to the curb like a piece of garbage? Have you ever been slapped or kicked or spit on or beaten? You ever been abused physically and sexually and sometimes for years? I know people that have. You ever been cruelly made fun of, humiliated in a crowd and amongst your peers and your friends? Has anyone ever borrowed a large amount of money from you and you really trusted them and you strained your finances to do so and then they're going to promise to repay you, quote, soon and you still waiting on it and suffering for it? Has anyone ever told you face-to-face -face or in a letter, I hate you, I wish you were dead and the world would be better off without you? Well, my wife repented of that. No, I'm kidding. Has a mate ever abandoned you? After years of marriage, they just threw it away for somebody else? I've seen this a lot. A young man declared to some young lady, Honey, I love you forever. There's nothing could tear us apart, and as soon as she gets pregnant, he's gone. Being betrayed by a loved one, by one of your own, People you trust multiplies the hurt 
study. Got a little quote from one of Jim McGuigan's books. He says, treachery is so hard to take. Her husband had a criminal record, but he wasn't guilty of the crime they sent him away for. If he had a good lawyer, which meant it was costly, one, he could get the 14-year sentence squashed. His wife scrubbed offices at nine and took in washing during the day. In five years, she had the money, hired the lawyer, got him free, and lost a lot of her beauty in the process. He left her for another woman six months later. She lay down, pale and broken, gazing at the arrow quivering in her breast. Brethren, we can relate that, can't we? What are you doing about it, though? That's the question, isn't it? And what can you do? I hear people say, very honestly, brethren, good Christian people say very honestly to me, and in great deal of pain, Brother Green, I, I've been hurt so bad and so deeply I just don't know how to get over. I don't know how to forgive. I don't know what to do. And brethren, here's the answer to that this morning. It's not an easy one, of course. It's not an easy one. When we talk about forgiving, it's not an easy thing to do. But here's the thing in, in this and all matters. God gives us choice, and choice is powerful. You can choose to be a forgiver, or you can choose to hold a grudge. Beloved, it's up to you. It's up to each and every one of us. I hear people say, I've been hurt so bad, I just cannot forgive. No, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Brethren, I'm not, I'm not making light of anybody's situation. I know it can be exceedingly difficult. I know sometimes you've got to begin the process, and it may take years. But we've got to do it. Somebody says, he or she makes me hate them. He or she won't allow me to forgive them. You know? That's not true, brethren. We choose. We choose our attitude. We choose to be unforgiving. We choose to forgive. You say, well, I don't feel like it. It's not a matter of feeling. It's a matter of doing what God says to do. And the process, and, and the person that you hurt the most, understand this, brethren. I've seen this so many times. The person you hurt the most by choosing to be unforgiving is who? Yourself. That's exactly right. A lot of times, the person that you hold the grudge against, they could care less. They don't care what happens to you. So you're, not, you're hurting yourself, and not only in this temporary life, but the, according to what we read in our text this morning, for an eternity. Let's just face the cold, hard facts, brothers and sisters. The person you wrong could probably care less. They probably don't think very highly of you. They may be out of your life. You're not hurting that person by refusing to forgive them. But you are destroying yourself just as surely as cancer will eat you up. You can do it. Y'all know the famous story of Corey Ten Boom, a prisoner in a World War II camp uh, under Hitler, years in a concentration camp, horribly abused and starved. Her father and her sister were killed in those camps. What do you do about that? You all know her famous books on forgiveness. Somebody said, this shouldn't have happened to me. I don't deserve this. It's not fair. And why me? And all that's true, brethren. All that's true. We're scarred. We're hurt. We're cut. We're deeply wounded. Nobody can wound you like a fellow human being. So we continue to build up that resentment and keep a filing cabinet in our minds of all the past wrongs. And we build up resentment against 
whoever it may be, our parents, our siblings, our mates, our friends, our employers, the church, even God. We do that, brethren. And, and then we get that unforgiving attitude, and it literally is a cancer. And so being unforgiving enslaves you. It imprisons you. It imprisons your body, your life, and your soul. So what does Jesus tell us to do? For our good, we need to forgive. Now, here's the problem. That goes against our human, sinful, fleshly nature, doesn't it? Our nature wants revenge. We want justice. That seems more to our liking. But it's not natural in our sinful human condition to be forgiving, brethren. It's natural to be vengeful. It's not natural to be forgiving. That's why it's so hard. And that's why it's so easy to scream, forgive that person. Why? You don't understand. I want to kill him. I want to torture him. I want to watch him die slowly. I cannot forgive them. You've been betrayed. I've been hurt too deeply. That's expected, brethren. That's natural. That is the human condition. But God tells his people to do the unnatural. We're to do the spiritual thing, the godly thing. And God says you can forgive and that he, of course, will help you do that. So the real question, beloved, this morning is do you want to forgive? That, that's the thing. We all stand in need of forgiveness, but do you want to forgive? See, sometimes we give lip service to it, but in our heart of hearts, we really don't want to. Many want to be unforgiving. And they can make a really good case as to why they can be unforgiving. They can, quote, defend their position. They believe, for some reason, that's going to hurt or get even with the wrongdoer. And other people, brethren, quite frankly, get kind of a sadistic pleasure from being the victim, from wallowing in self-pity. You know? So the question is, do you want to be forgiven? And do you want to forgive? And people say, honestly, brethren, they say sincerely, but I can't. I just can't. I've been hurt too bad. And I know, brethren, I, I know the hurt that other humans can cause. But a wound, again, will not heal if you continue to tear off the scab and to pick at it and to irritate it. You've got to let it go. You've got to put it behind. And you have to move on. How do I do that, preacher? Here's where the rubber meets the road, right, brethren? Here's when it gets tough. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 44, you pray for the offender, and you don't pray God helping the sufferer a slow, agonizing death. The Bible says you pray for their soul. Romans 12, 17 through 21 says, you do not repay evil for evil, but you repay evil with good. Beloved, realize a deep wound takes time to heal. In our true story this morning, the Christian Chronicle, there took this mother and father 20 years before they could write to the murderers of their daughter and say, we forgive you. But you begin. You begin working towards that forgiveness. And I've heard people that's been hurt so very deeply say brother green you, you just don't understand god does not understand what i'm going through does he not brethren 
doesn't he? How often have we, we meaning you and me, how often have we, God's own creation, God's own children, betrayed him and wronged him and used him and take him for granted? God has every right to expect and to demand that his children be forgiven. God has every right to do that. Because while hanging on a cross, having been beaten and spat upon and mocked by the people he was dying to save, while in intense pain and heartache and suffering, Jesus, while on the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Beloved, if you're not in Christ, I want you to know that your Savior is eager to forgive you and to save you. Now, the question, the vital question this morning is do you want to forgive while we stand in service?